This is GNE, the podcast, Golf and Entrepreneurship, with Matt Lemon, partner at Jones Golf Bags. Here comes the first PGA show. We have, you know, our original up there that we've recreated, and there's so many, you know, head pros walking by our booth that are probably of the age of 40 to 50 years old who look up and say, oh my gosh, Jones is back. It was kind of an, it was an old, it was an old friend they were really familiar with and very, very excited to see you again. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of G&E, the podcast, where each week we talk with people who are creating remarkable careers and lives around the game of golf. And this week, we have a phenomenal guest and story for you all. Matt Lemon, who is a partner over at Jones Golf Bags, has joined us to talk about the rich history of the brand. And we dive deep into the company's original founding in 1971 and its dominant two decades of the golf bag market, why it was sold in 1990 and how this led to the eventual decline of the brand. And then we discuss why the current team came along and bought the brand name in 2011 and decided to relaunch Jones around the vintage carry bag they were known for. And basically everything that has gone into getting the business to where it is today since. And it is a jam-packed episode and I hope you all enjoy it as much as I did. And so before we get to our interview with Matt, I just have a quick note from one of our sponsors. This week's episode is brought to you by Linksoul. And if you've been following along with the podcast the past few months, then you know how much we love this brand, not just for their awesome apparel, but also for their entrepreneurial story. Linksoul was started by John Ashworth and Jeff Cunningham as more of a philosophy than a brand with the goal of reconnecting people to the soul of the game while creating apparel for the lifestyle golfer that transitions seamlessly from the course into everyday life. And Link Soul has just launched their new Fall 18 collection full of gear to get you ready for the season and the temperature shift. And so head on over to linksoul.com to check out that new collection. And our listeners get 20% off at purchase with the code GE20. And so go check all that out at linksoul.com and don't forget to use your code GE20 for 20% off. And without further ado, let's dive into our interview with Matt. And so Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Ryan. It's my pleasure, Matt. I'm really looking forward to this. And before we get into the story behind the Jones brand and your role within the company, I would love to learn more about yourself. And so can you give us the spark notes on your life with golf? Yeah, sure. I am uh, 32 years old. I've been playing golf since I was about three years old. So golf is pretty much all I know. Uh, It's been a passion of mine forever. So I was very fortunate to be able to get into the golf business and, and, uh, you know, get into something I'm very passionate about. So lucky to uh, have stumbled upon Jones and and relaunch it and, you know, kind of here we are chatting. That's fantastic. And I'm really excited to learn about the relaunch of Jones and what went into all of that, but I would love to go back a bit because you said you've been playing since you were three years old, and I also saw that you played competitively. So did you play in college as well? Uh, I did not play in college. I tried to walk on at Oregon, but uh, I did not make it. Um, But, you know, that didn't keep me down. I've been uh, kind of playing just, you know, junior tournaments and stuff ever since I was, you know, 12 or so. So, I'm very, very familiar with competitive golf, and it's one of my favorite things to do, but um, I'm kind of glad I don't do it anymore, uh, to be honest. Grind, grinding over three-footers and and stuff like that 
doesn't really sound great to me. I, I'd much rather go out with the boys and have some beers and hopefully make a birdie every once in a while. Yeah, there you go. I mean, it's definitely uh, it's definitely a stressful life, and uh, like yeah. you said, yeah, exactly. And so, like you said, you'd rather be out there with your buddies. You know, uh, I know you guys are all about enjoying the walk. Uh, that's part of your brand philosophy. And so, right now, you're at Jones, and you know we're gonna get to the whole relaunch of the brand. But can you give us a little bit of a history lesson behind the brand prior to its first purchase in 1990? Yeah, of course. So. It's an old heritage brand that was actually started here in Portland, Oregon, uh, in 1971 by George Jones. And George Jones was a, uh, a taxi cab driver at the time when he when he came up with the uh, the brand and the company. But um, he was he was kind of an inventor, very before his time. He did actually invent the stand bag himself. So oh, wow. um, he's yeah, he's definitely a guy that was kind of before his time. Uh, we like to say really smart, just not a great businessman. Um, so back in like the 70s and 80s, if you played high school or college golf, you carried a Jones bag. They had over 85% of the market share. So it was definitely a dominant company um, back in the day if you played golf. Wow, that is a massive market share. And it seems like it's something that is tough to lose. And so what happened then with the brand? I was reading up a little bit about it before this. And it seemed like to me that it was just purchased and kind of fell off the map. Yeah. So George kind of saw the the decline coming kind of, you know, late 80s, early 90s, as you said, when, you know, Ping's, Ping came out with the hoofer. And that was kind of like everyone took to that. And all the, you know, golf manufacturers like Titleist and things were like, oh, why don't we just make our own bags, too? So, you know, once that happened, um, George saw the decline coming and sold the company to actually um, another Portland company here, uh, Yoshida, which actually he's a, um, he's a sauce guy. He, he made his money in sauce. He sold it to Kraft for, you know, lots and lots of money and kind of became an entrepreneur. So once he became an entrepreneur, he sold and bought lots and lots of businesses. Some did well, some didn't. um, And Jones was one of them. So he basically bought, Jones back in 1990 for the building, pretty much. Um, but he he's a big golfer, so you know he was very interested in buying Jones. So he did, but he immediately took it overseas and changed because it used to be manufactured here in in Portland, bag by bag. Um, but he did take it overseas, changed the branding, changed the logo, and pretty much just kind of ran into the side of a mountain. That is crazy. And you mentioned there that the original founder saw the decline of his brand. And I'm curious, uh, previous to that, no other big companies were making golf bags? Correct. It was just, it was Jones and Vagabond were the two big ones. Wow. I had absolutely no idea that Jones was basically the only company making bags. And what made Jones, I guess, so great at the time was that vintage look and especially for the classic carry one and that look and feel just disappeared with this acquisition. And with that, the brand went away. But eventually, you guys came along and revived it. And so what went behind that decision of purchasing the Jones name and the brand and bringing it back? So at the time, uh, I was actually working for my family business, which is an electrical distributor uh, in downtown Portland and actually based in Seattle, Washington. Um, But you know, I wasn't super into it. So Um, I wanted to get into something I was passionate about and, 
you know, like I told you, golf is, is definitely it for me. So, um, the opportunity arose to buy the brand from Yoshida because it was just sitting there. And so we had the idea of kind of bringing back all the heritage pieces that everyone, everyone really was familiar with and, and loved and connected with. So we wanted to bring back um, the original carry bag that was so popular in the 70s and 80s. And what year was this when you guys first decided to bring it back? 2011, December is when we purchased the brand from Yoshida. Okay, cool. And so, like you said, you want to bring back that vintage look to the industry, but I'm guessing there is a ton of work that goes into relaunching a brand. And so what did those first couple months and years look like for you guys? Really just trying to figure it out. So believe it or not, we bought a bag off eBay, an old Jones carry bag off eBay. And um, I hired my business partner now, Chris Carnahan, who kind of helped me find a manufacturer. So once we found the right manufacturer, we basically sent over that bag that we bought off eBay that we wanted to recreate and basically started the sample process from there and said, make this bag. And that was the classic carry bag. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys just started with that and you didn't have the stand bag or the line of travel bags that you have now. You just had this vintage bag and grew the brand from there. Correct. Yeah, we wanted to kind of start with there and, you know, capture the audience that was really familiar with Jones in the past. So, you know, here comes the first PGA show. We have, you know, our original up there that we've recreated and there's so many, you know, head pros walking by our booth that are probably of the age of 40 to 50 years old who look up and say, Oh my gosh, Jones is back. It was kind of an, it was an old, it was an old friend they were really familiar with. And very, very excited to see you again. That is awesome that people immediately connected with the brand again and were so excited. And so with that excitement, was it pretty easy to get the brand growing, making solid revenue and sales? Or were there some struggles in the beginning to get it back out there? Well, we no, we were really, really fortunate enough that everyone remembered Jones, especially the head pros um, that work in really nice golf shops. You know, it was not, it was not hard for us to get into places like say Wingfoot. We were very lucky that way. So, you know, once that was, that was kind of the key is really starting with, um, the original stuff that everyone really, really wanted to see again. And, and you mentioned there that you got into Wingfoot and other country clubs, and now you guys have this beautiful website and I assume direct-to-consumer is a big part of your business model now. But back then, I think you mentioned it was 2011. Was your focus getting this bag into as many country clubs as you could? It was. Okay. It was. And this was kind of right along the time of when Instagram first started. So we were very um, fortunate when we started the business. That kind of was kickstarting. And we were like, oh, what's this all about? And you know, hopped on Instagram and, you know, as we know it, that's pretty much the way of the world these days, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. And especially for e-commerce. And yeah. so did you guys get this going in 2011 or did you wait a couple of years? It was about a year and a half down the line. We wanted to, you know, make sure we really dialed in the website and didn't want to half-ass something and, and put it out there and, and hope it works. So we, we really took our time with that. 
Yeah. And like you said, uh, Instagram is really the way of the world now. And it's definitely so important for golf brands because mm-hmm. the game is so visual. And that is, that is lucky getting in at 2011. And I saw you have a phenomenal presence on there with some beautiful photography and branding. But was this one of your keys to your marketing strategy to get Jones in front of the right people when you first launched the site? Uh, it wasn't at first. So we we did kind of get lucky with that because that was kind of the, the challenge for us was capturing the, the trust of the, the millennial, the younger golfer that did not grow up with Jones. So, you know, being able to connect, connect with them via social media and our website was definitely um, a huge part of our business and, and it's, it's growing constantly. And have you found that the millennial is, is into the bags? I mean, I'm assuming that's an easy yes. Yes, we are now, especially since we've, you know, come out with our double strap uh, utility stand bag. So we kind of, you know, we started with the original and then also brought out the classic stand bag. Classic stand bag was also another product that we recreated that was very popular in the late 80s. That was George Jones's, you know, first stand bag that he made. So um, once we captured the, you know, the trust of the a customer that that knew about us, then we could kind of recreate our own products that you know, you know, we're comfortable with releasing and, and putting our own Pacific Northwest spin on it. We like to we like to say that's awesome, and I like how you all took your time and were really strategic with the growth and launch of new products. But something we like to talk about a lot on this podcast with entrepreneurship is that it can look kind of glorious on the outside, but when you're in the dirt building something like this. Generally, there are some struggles along the way. And so during those first couple of years, were there any hardships that you guys had to fight through? Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to get into the black, um, especially the first couple of years. As long as, you know, you work hard and keep your head down and, and you know, get it out there. Sooner or later, you're going to get into the right space where you're making money, turning bags over. People know who you are and, you know, you, you kind of grow from there. So would you say one of the keys then to entrepreneurship is just sticking through it, that it could take two, three, four, even five years to get it all going in the right direction, but you just need to have faith that that vision you have is going to come to fruition? That, that's, that's definitely one of the keys to entrepreneurship is, is to not let it get you down and, and move forward and, and don't give up because there are hard days. It's not, it's not all flowers. Exactly. Especially when you're doing something you love like yourself. I mean, this is clearly a passion. You said you love golf. You've been around it. But even then, you know, some days it's 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 really hard and uh, you, you may want to quit, but it's all about just, you know, keeping that grind going. And so you know, I'm a little curious, uh, those first couple of years, uh, what was the team like? Was it just a couple of guys uh, in a garage building this or do you have an office? Yeah, we had an office that was about, ooh, um, just a few hundred square feet in a warehouse that was about a thousand. So started really small, really tight. We got, luckily we had a building that, you know, a friend kind of let us in there for very cheap rent. Um, but yeah, it was just me and Chris and my brother actually, who's, uh, no longer working with us, but yeah, it was just the three of us trying to figure it out. Um, getting one bag, of, one bag a day out, you know, some, sometimes it was six bags. Sometimes it was 20, sometimes it was one. That's awesome. And I'm sure looking back at those times, getting this thing off the ground that you wouldn't trade them for anything, even though they were tough, they were probably really fun. And so during that time of getting through those first few years, 
Were there any moments when you realized you were on to something like sales are coming in consistently and you start to think to yourselves that this was going to be a real thing? Definitely. You know, especially when I told you when, you know, we'd, we'd get accounts like say a Wingfoot or a Marion would call us, you know, we didn't even call them. They, they heard we were back and they, they knew about us and, and, and knew about the history of the brand. And, you know, you're getting a call from an account like that out of the blue. It was, we knew we had something there. Yeah, absolutely. That is so cool. And so do you head things up over there running most of the business on day-to-day basis and the employees, things like that? Yes. Yes. It's, uh, pretty much me and Chris Carnahan. We have a, we have a team of, uh, nine now. Wow. That's awesome. We just, we just, just moved into a new space. We have 2000 square feet of warehouse or excuse me, office and 15,000 warehouse. And was this the first, uh, office upgrade since that original one? Or it's the second one. We did. We just moved out of five thousand square feet. It's a little bit of a jump. Yeah, I'm sure that is. It has to be such a cool feeling, and for yourself, and the natural growth that comes with doing something like this. Did you have previous experience managing people? And if not, has that been a big learning lesson for you? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. It's it's tough to you know. Uh, I'm definitely a guy that. Um, I'm not very stern, so I'm a nice guy. So it's it's tough when you <laughs> when you got to lay down the law, but you know we do what we got to do when we had when we have to do it. Yeah, for sure. Well, what's the uh, <laughs> what's your what's your culture like over there? I mean, you guys are in Oregon, a golf bag company. I got to imagine it's um you, you got a pretty good vibe going on over at that office. The culture is very fun, and we're very proud of the culture we've created. Um, we we are we like to consider ourselves golfers making golf bags. Um, I would definitely take our team over any other team probably in the world in golf. Um, we have Solman Raza who actually played in the, uh, the U S open this year. And I went and caddied for him. Um, and we have, I think three other guys that are better than zero handicaps. So our handicap average is probably about a one, I think. Wow. Out of the nine guys. Yeah. So it's gotta it's get pretty a- fun. It's, it's very, very, very competitive and very, very, very fun. Yeah, I was going to say, do you ever get out there uh, during the week to get in a friendly match? Yes, every once in a while we do. Not often enough, but, you know, unfortunately, we have to run the business. <laughs> but we did in, we did install a simulator in our new facility, and that's been a lot of fun. We've been able to have some kind of games at lunch and stuff and after work. So as long as we get our stuff done, we can have our fun. That's cool. Uh, what, so what's this, what's this, uh, simulator look like? I feel like, uh, you know, guys listen to this show, golfers, people in, in, you know, into business, uh, having one of those in the office would, would be the dream. Like, is it, um, it's got, is that a little bit of a distraction? It can be. People are always laughing when they come in. It's like, how do you guys get anything done? But believe it or not, we do figure it out. Um, it is a, uh, it's a TrackMan simulator. So we're, uh, we're pretty stoked on it. And we have, you know, a couple guys here that, that went to Oregon and practically have a degree in the thing. So I'm learning a lot about the numbers with, you know, swing speed and swing direction and all that stuff. And it's actually already helped my game a lot. So it's a fun deal. That's that's cool. And, uh, can you like, you know, bring up different courses to play or or is it just the track man hitting into your range? Yeah, Yeah, it's correct. Yeah. You can play courses and stuff. So it's a good time. <laughs> that, that is that is awesome. I hope uh, one day to have an office and have something like that in it uh, for no, sure. You, you just you just gotta 
get out here and come hang out. I know I do, man. That's, that sounds, <laughs> I don't think, I honestly don't think I'll ever leave. And, um, I've been meaning to get out there to play some golf as well. So, uh, it's definitely on my bucket list, but actually let's, uh, talk about that for a second. I mean, running a business in golf, do you get to play as much as you'd want to? Uh, yeah, I do play a fair amount. I, you know, I get out there probably once a week and every once in a while there's a, you know, a corporate tournament or, um, a buddy wants me to play in. So yeah, I, I get my swings in for sure, but it's definitely not as much as I'd like, you know, if I could, I'd play golf every day, but that's just not the reality of it. Yeah, I know. I start this uh, business in golf, uh, hoping <laughs> to play the goal, more. That's the goal someday, though, right? That's it's the, the goal, goal someday. <laughs> I just, I mean, I thought I'd play more, but I honestly play less than I ever have. I've gotten like 18 in three times this summer, but, uh, you know, it's fun being in the industry and getting the chance to talk to other golfers, though. So, I mean, that's that's a huge benefit. And so, you know, that's one thing I love talking about, too, is the golf industry. I mean, you know, I've only been in it for like a year and a half, but it's just a, it's a group of just amazing people. And so have you had the chance to do collaborations with other brands and, and things like that? Yes. Yeah. Like you said, it's such a relationship driven business. Um, that's what I've found at least. And yeah, we were lucky enough to uh, meet up with um, Charlie Schaefer, who actually runs Grayson Clothiers out of New York. And he's got a you know very very good background of golf apparel. He actually started, um, he started up RLX for Ralph Lauren. So the guys, he's very talented. Um, and I think Grayson is about three years old, but we've been doing a few collaborations with them. We made, made them a few golf bags and duffels and things, and they definitely add a good, uh, high end flair to our line. So we're lucky to hitch on that wagon and, and hang out with Charlie and, and collab with him and, and, uh, you know, we'll see where that goes too. That's, that's exciting stuff as well. Yeah. Congrats on that. And I'm a big fan of their brand and especially their partnership with Morgan Hoffman is really cool and inspiring. And, uh, you mentioned there that expanding the line and we had true Linkswear on a few months back and something they talked about was getting really good at the couple shoes they were doing, then expanding. But when you guys started off with the classic Jones bags, was there a lot of discussion into expanding into the stand bag and the travel line, or was it more of a natural progression? It was definitely a natural progression. It was kind of just one thing at a time. Um, to be honest with you, Ryan, we didn't, you know, we were just kind of taking it really one day at a time with, with what we were coming out with next. And, you know, kind of a light bulb went off when the utility series, when we came out with the utility series, it was just like, okay, we got to figure out something here where we have, you know, a golf bag for everyone. Cause you know, we were definitely satisfying the, the old school carry bag, you know, guy that loves to just take his clubs out, even if it's nine clubs and, and walk, but we needed to get the, you know, like I told you earlier, the, the millennial and capture the guy that didn't grow up with Jones. And that's where, you know, we got lucky with the utility series. Yeah. And I think that is an interesting peek right there into the thought process of growing a business and how to attract new customers and by the utility series. Is this the stand bags and the travel bags? Yeah, correct. Correct. It's our, our lifestyle bags, the duffels, backpacks, travel bags and stuff like that. So um, a majority actually of our business, we found out that in the backbone of our business is tournament prizes. We do lots and lots of tournament prizes for member guests and corporate events. So it's kind of been the utility series has been like adding on different options for courses and member guests to, to bring in different types of bags um, each and every year from us instead of just doing it once. So 
you know, we want to give them plenty and plenty of options to, to be able to bring in a different prize. Oh, that's cool. Um, and I think to piggyback on that response to areas, something I think people connect with so well with Jones is your branding, uh, like your enjoy the walk and just the overall vibe of what you're bringing to the game. I mean, you know, it's it's not this this mainstream bag. It's not these big, you know, PGA Tour bags, but uh, it's bringing that culture of, of that lifestyle golf or something like Link Soul does, you know, to, you know, to the people. And so mm-hmm. clearly, you know, there was definitely some, you know, influence from the original Jones brand. But when you guys relaunched it, um, you know, coming up with the branding, what what was that like? Was that a process or is it really just, you know, natural in the fact that like we want to bring this back and let's just stick to our roots? It was definitely sticking to the roots, you know, because there are different types of lifestyle brands that are, you know, kind of SoCal vibes, like take a Link Soul or Travis Matthew, right? Like that's kind of been done so we really wanted to you know really take advantage of the pacific northwest not a lot of people have you know really capitalized on that especially in the golf space so that's kind of where you get that that grayish you know kind of cold vibe that you see in some of our photography it's to really really capitalize on oregon and washington yeah and to add on to the photography you have some phenomenal taglines behind what it means to use a jones product in everyday life on instagram that really go hand in hand with what you guys stand for. And so can you go into some more detail behind what those mean and how they add on to your philosophy? Yeah. Well, our main action, our main one right now is kind of the course is calling. It's like where people are always thinking about golf. Like the course is, is definitely on everyone's mind and everyone's itching to get out there. Um, and then from that, we've also, you know, to tap back into the lifestyle stuff, we've created the hashtag beyond the fairway. So that's, you know, kind of your weekend vibe or, or your travel gear and stuff like that. So that's kind of been the natural progression, I guess I would say, from once we relaunched, we relaunch, or when, once we launched the uh, utility series, excuse me. Okay, cool. And, and I think that's something I've, I've looked up to so much about your brand is, is the marketing. It's, it's so natural and it's just such a part of what you do. But, I, you know, a lot of the people listening to the show, they're entrepreneurs, they're starting little side hustles and stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of curious when it comes to your marketing strategy, have you guys, you know, sponsored any tour players or have you just stuck to, you know, social media marketing and, and basically dominating the digital space? Yes, we definitely, we've focused on the social, the social networking with the Instagram and stuff. You know, we've grown our following, I think up to about 30,000 followers now. And, you know, we get, a lot of good input and stuff from our customers through that platform. So we've definitely been capitalizing on that. Um, you know, it's, it's tough. We, we definitely would love to have guys out on tour carrying our bag, but it's hard. You know, we're still a small company. Like I told you, you know, we're nine guys. Um, we don't make a tremendous amount of money yet. So it's tough to throw 50 grand at a pro and, and hope he gets on TV and, you know, and then how do you see your return on your investment there? So, you know, someday, obviously, we'd love to have guys on tour doing that. But, you know, until then, we're just going to stick with what we've been doing and, and see how it goes. Yeah, you're staying lean and taking advantage of this digital world we live in. And so you guys have clearly come a long way and still have a journey ahead of you. Uh, so I'm curious, you know, what is the vision for Jones going forward? <sighs> That's tough, Brian. The vision is to just kind of, <laughs> let, let question. you know, it's to keep organically growing it like we have been. You know, we've built this great team. Um, all we're trying to do is make more sales each year. We know we've grown about 
30 to 35 percent a year and so we're going to just kind of keep our head down and continue to do that and you know see where it goes um you know we're going to just keep hiring good people and and you know i think it's going to keep paying off so we'll see how it goes <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> will there be uh will there be any introductions of of new bags um the fans of jones can look forward to or are we going to be you know sticking to the classics Yes, no, we have a new utility bag that actually just arrived this week, and it's called our Utility Trooper Bag. It is also a double strap. Um, It's basically the 2.0 version of the utility stand bag. It's a little bit more modern, a little more techy. The top is larger. Um, It comes in four colors. We have black, navy, olive, and sand is kind of our off-white bone color, which we think will be a hit with people. So, uh, yeah, new bag we're launching very, very soon. You heard it here first. There you go. Yeah, man. Keep them, keep them coming, and I'm sure over the coming years we'll, we'll be seeing a lot of cool releases from you guys. And something I usually like to cap off these interviews with is, you know, we do have a lot of entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs listening to this. And, you know, you've you've built your business, like you said, from that original office into this one. You know, you have a simulator, uh, a team of nine, and come a long way. But during those nine years, I'm sure there's been, you know, some lessons learned. But uh, if you were going to say, you know, one piece of advice to someone who is just starting to build a brand, uh, you know, what would that be? Uh, definitely to just, just keep grinding through the tough years. It takes, you know, it takes a good three years before you, you start to feel good about yourself and, and feel good about things and, and where you're headed um, to kind of just really to just stay with it. Cause if, you know, if you start to self doubt, then you're doomed. So um, never give up and, you know, Live the dream. It can happen. Uh, absolutely. I think what you just said there about the three years is such a good point, too, because, you know, the first two to three, it's such a building time and you can definitely it's a grind. It's a grind and you can see that it's a you, grind. Know, you, can, you can get some self-doubt. You know, I'm currently and I'm just hitting my two year mark and, um, you know, but then you start to see the momentum build. And I think what you just said there is so true. And that just, you know, look to the five year point and don't stop till you're there. Um, because Correct. a lot can happen, yep. but yeah, well, Matt, this has been fantastic. I know you're a busy guy, so thank you so much for you know telling us the Jones story and all that. And, uh, you know, looking forward to, you know, hopefully getting you back on down the line. You got it, Brian. I'd, I'd come back anytime. Appreciate you very much. And that wraps up our interview with Matt Lemon. A big thank you to him for coming on the show and taking the time to tell us about his awesome brand Jones golf bags. And if you're enjoying the podcast, then please subscribe, rate, and review. And hit me up on Instagram at RyanCWalker underscore. I would love to hear from you. And until next time, thanks again for listening today.